Amen, amen, amen. It's good to be with you all again today. It's a blessing to be here. Uh, thank you for joining us again to, for another episode of Lati Talks. This is your host, Thomas Belcher, missionary to the U.S. Territory of Guam. And it's a blessing to be here today and to share with you what the Lord has given me in my personal devotions today. I was reading in Psalms 48. You know, Psalms is always a great uh, book to read, all these uh great lessons in the book of Psalms, and it's an encouragement. It shows what David went through, his mindset in many situations, and uh, it's just a blessing to see and to read through the book of Psalms. In Psalm 48, if you're able to, turn with me to Psalms 48, verse 13. We're just going to be looking at the uh, one verse, verse 13 today. Mark ye well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces that ye may tell it to the generation following. Now, throughout this entire chapter, throughout all of Psalms 48, we have seen that it's talking about the blessings of the Lord and how God is good, and talking about the city of Zion and how God has helped the city, and that these blessings and what God has done through the, His children need to be told that it ought not just to stay with the generation that received the blessing, but it ought to be told to the next generation. It uh, That brings a lot to mind concerning this current generation and the generation to follow. We have heard, my generation personally has heard many of the blessings and the wonderful works that God has been able to do through his men in the past century and a half, honestly, two, three centuries. And a lot of it, and we've learned a lot of what God has been able to do through them, but we must understand that, you know, in my generation, God is going to use someone in our in my generation to do something great for him. That all depends on if we stay yielded to him and if we're completely surrendered to God and his will. But God is going to raise somebody up. He's going to use somebody as a tool because I'm I 100% believe that there are people, and I, I've seen them in my generation. You can bash this current generation all you want, but my generation, I tell you what, there are some people that are completely and totally yielded to Jesus Christ and to the cause of Christ, and it brings a lot of hope and a lot of joy to my heart to realize that, because you've got to realize our generation is in a sorry shape. My generation is, we're a bunch of, we're a bunch of crazy people. We're loons. We're nuts. But I can tell you from experience and I can tell you from witnessing it myself that there are people in my generation that are willing to do what God wants them to do, that are willing to stand up for the cause of Christ, that are willing to make the sacrifice. There there are people in my generation willing to do that. And I just want to share that with you all today, but what's really important is that at the end of the day, when my generation is starting to step off the stage, and, you know, we just got on the stage. We we just got on the stage. We're right behind. We're on the stage with the past, with the former generation, and we're on that stage, and we're about to be handed that torch. Um... But when the time comes for the next generation to get on the stage and come behind us, we need to remember one of the most valuable principles that the Bible teaches, and that is to tell it to the generation following. Tell the next generation what God has done. 
time and time again throughout the Bible, we're told, we're taught that we're supposed to teach the next generation what God has done. And in Psalms 48, 13, right here, it says, Mark ye well her bulwarks, consider her palaces, that ye may tell it to the generation following. You know, we it's very easy for us to tell the generation, the next generation, all the negatives that have happened in life, all the negatives that have happened while we've been serving the Lord. It's very easy for us as people to tell negatives, but it's very hard for us to remember all the positives. Um, people are just negative people. I've, I've known several positive people, but you know how they're positive? It's through hard work. It's through a lot of hard work. They don't let the negatives get them down. But it's very easy to let negatives control your life and have you think that the negatives, when you're doing the will of God, when you're doing the work of God, it's very easy for you to think that the negatives outweigh the positives. And that's one way that the devil takes a lot of people and gets them out of the ministry and gets them to go, go off the deep end and get out of the will of God is by making the negatives seem like they outweigh the positives. But I'm sorry, he cannot stop, he cannot prevent the positives from overshadowing the negatives. Because for as many negatives as there are in the ministry, I'm here to tell you as 100% proof that there's twice as many positives. There are twice as many positives in the ministry as negatives. Where one fellow will slam the door in your face when you're trying to witness to him and trying to tell him about what Jesus Christ did for him, you'll have two people, you'll have two blessings on top of that. I've experienced it myself. It's it's amazing to see God work. As long as you're in the will of God, as long as you're doing the work of God, those positives will come. Yes, sometimes the negatives will look like they outweigh the positives. We have very negative situations in our lives. Very negative things can happen. But I'm here to tell you that those don't last forever. The negatives do not last forever. And when the positives come, oh my goodness, do the positives come. I've heard one preacher say that, you know, uh, life is nothing but mountaintops and valleys. And however long the valley is will determine how tall the mountaintop is. And however tall the mountaintop is will determine how long the valley is. I'm just saying that the negatives do not outweigh the positives. The positives far outweigh the negatives. And so we need to start telling the next generation about what God has done through our lives. Um, come 25 to 30 years down the road, I pray that I pray that I'll be able to stand up, that I'll still be in this world, and I'll be able to stand up and tell the next generation, hey, this is what God did through my life, through my family's life, when we were first starting out on deputation, when we were first in the ministry, when we were first setting out a work. This is what God did. That Yes, there were a lot of challenges. Yes, there were a lot of triumph, uh, trials. But you know what? For every trial, there was a triumph. For every challenge, there was a blessing. God just worked and worked. But that's only going to happen if we stay in the will of God and keep doing the work of God. But what's important, and we are admonished left and right throughout the scriptures, is that we need to tell the next generation about what God has done. You know what? We need to tell the next generation about his blessings. How are they going to want to serve the Lord if they don't hear about the blessings of the Lord? It's just amazing to me to see how God works when you yield yourself to Him. Yes, there's a lot. There can be a lot of pain. There, 
There can be a lot of struggles and a lot of sacrifice, but oh my goodness, is it worth it? It's completely worth it. And that's something that the next generation is going to need to know. They're going to need to know that, yes, you're going to have to sacrifice a lot. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone, but it's worth it. It's worth it to serve the Lord. It's worth it to do something for Christ. It's worth it to do something for God. It is worth it to do the will of God in your life. It is 100% worth it, and they're going to need to know that. This next generation coming up, they're going to need a lot of encouragement. They're going to need to be told the truth. But they're going to need to know a lot of encouragement. Uh, the, the devil's working harder now than he has ever before. I honestly believe it. I believe it. Because I think I think the devil knows that the end, the end is approaching. He doesn't know when it is, of course. No one does except except God. But I think the devil knows that we're getting close. And so when, when he's getting close, when you get close to the end in a game, that's when you play your hardest. And that's what we're seeing the devil do. He's playing his hardest. You can go online and watch these videos of these so-called pastors get up there and start talking about dumb things left and right. And they'll say they're preaching the gospel, but nine times out of ten, they never even opened the Bible to begin with, and what they're talking about isn't even in the Bible. They call themselves preachers, and they say they're doing it for Christ, and yet they don't even follow his word. I'm sorry, but Christ himself says, if you love me, you'll follow my commandments. I'm paraphrasing there, just so I'm clear. But that's what he says. If you love me, you'll follow my commandments. And these people are claiming to love Christ, but they're not following his commandments. I saw a video the other day of a preacher. Won't won't say his name, out, just out of common courtesy. But he got up there, and he did something I've never seen a preacher do before behind that pulpit. He started cussing. I mean, I'm not lying. He started cussing. It wasn't anything horrible. Listen, I'm the son of a sailor, so I know pretty much every cuss word in the book, but it wasn't anything horrible. But why is a preacher cussing anyway? Why is a why is a, why is a preacher who claims that he's preaching the love of Christ and claims that he's preaching the gospel from the Bible, why is he cussing? Last I looked, the Bible said, let your yeas be nays and your nays nays. Last I looked, the Bible was not for cussing. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. That pastor knows better, and he he refused to do it anyway. He was bragging that he was doing it behind the pulpit. No, that's not acceptable. The ne uh, Listen, it's people like that that are going to draw away the next generation and make the next generation think, well, why? This guy's a hypocrite. Why on earth would I want to do the will of God in my life? It's people like that that are going to mess up the next generation. And they're doing it in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what, the only thing that they're doing it for is Satan and their own and their own works and their own self-interests. That's all they care about. By the way, have you ever noticed some of these pastors out there or so-called pastors out there that uh, start making their church look like a movie theater? Have you ever noticed that they're drowning in money? A lot of them are drowning in money. 
I'm not saying a preacher ought to be 100% poor, but I'm just saying that, you know, Joel Osteen has a private jet, married a supermodel, seeing his auditorium. Just saying, for him, it's all about the money. It's 100% about the money. And and pretty much every other so-called pastor like him, it's all about the money. But if we're not careful, if we don't start telling the next generation, if we don't start sharing the blessings of the Lord and what the Bible says about God with the next generation, then the whole Joel Osteens of the world and all that kind and all those false preachers, they're going to start drawing away the next generation and start making making the next generation not want to fulfill the will of God in their life. Why would they? If that's what they turn into, if following the will of God turns them into nothing but a hypocrite, why would they? Folks, now more than ever, it is time for us to start telling the next generation the blessings of God and what following the will of God in in the, in our lives does. The peace that resides in you when you start following the will of God and you do what this word right here, what this King James Bible does right here, what this inspired, preserved word of God says right here, the peace that resides in your heart, the love that resides in your heart when you start obeying God's word and God's commandment. We've got to start telling the next generation. You know, I believe that the la- the last generation, there were times where they could have done a little better, but I believe they did a really good job about telling the next generation about the blessings of Christ. Uh, a lot of people will disagree with me on that. But I will say that, you know, to be honest, if if you didn't get that from the last generation and you sat under the la- sat under the same preachers that I did and you didn't get what they were trying to give you, that probably is because of you, not the preacher. That's probably because you either weren't paying attention or you just didn't care. Not trying to be harsh, just trying to live in reality. The last generation did a lot of good works for the Lord. They're still doing them. Those who are left, they're still doing them. I could... I could give you name after name after name of preachers that have been in the ministry for 20, 25 years, and they are still going solid, doing a work for the Lord, and God bless them, praise praise the Lord for them. It's tremendous. And when I get that age, I wish I will I hope I'll have the same testimony. I pray I do. I don't I don't intend to get out. The only way I'm getting out is if the Lord comes or takes my life. One of those two. But it's time that we start telling the next generation about the blessings and the love of the Lord, what the Lord has done. Not just the negatives. Yes, they'll need to know some of the negatives. They'll need to know some of the negative stuff that's happened. To learn from it. To be better. But hey, the positives far outweigh the negatives. Why don't we start telling them about what God has done? Let's tell them about how in 2016, a bunch of Christians here in the United States of America got together and we all prayed that God would give his hand of protection and that he would give his hand of mercy on the country and give us more time to fix it. And how he answered that prayer and gave us four good years. Four years where we had that hand and we were able to 
do something good for the Lord. Now, let's also tell them about how in 2020, those same Christians, a lot of them didn't bother praying that same prayer and fasting. And then those four years were ended. Let's tell them the good stuff. Let's tell them the blessings of the Lord. But just like how the Bible works, the Bible, the Bible does not just record all the blessings and the works of the Lord. The Bible records all the negatives and what mankind does and the punishments that mankind has to go through. What does that show us? That shows us that we need to know both sides of the spectrum. And so we need to be teaching the next generation that same thing. If you've got somebody who you're discipling, if you've got somebody under your wing currently, tell them. Tell them about the blessings of the Lord in your life. Tell them about what God has been doing through you. Tell them about all that God has used you to do. Not out of arrogance, but out of the just but out of praising God. Because without God, you'd never been able to have done that in the first place. Praise God for everything. Let's tell the next generation. Let's teach the next generation. Let's teach the next generation what God has done and what God can do through their lives if they just surrender and follow the will of God in their life. Anyway, I hope today that was a blessing to you. Just a little something I got for my devotions today. Um, I hope that was a blessing. It's always a blessing to be here with you guys, to go over and see what God has for us. And I pray that uh, we'll see again, we'll see each other again very soon. Thank you again for joining us here today. God bless you, and have a great day.